0: mind body and soul a term many of us have heard many a times someone rightly said the rhythm of the body the melody of the mind the harmony of the soul creates the symphony of life as a gynecologist i've had the fortune to work with many powerful women leaders in their businesses families and communities more than often i have come across women worrying about weight gain issues and I always ask myself is it just about losing those few pounds is the idea of being healthy only about weight loss each time someone wants to embark on their journey of being fit there are so many voices out there saying you just need a break you just need to do what makes you happy even if that means eating a sleeve of cookies But that's actually not. Perhaps it's not going to help you out longer than one minute that it tastes good or it feels good. But hey, am I talking about starving yourself of all the gourmet that's available around you? Perhaps no. From a mother's perspective, probably these questions only amplify. The complicated path of healthiness and motherhood can be frustrating Messy, rewarding, and everything in between. Today I am in conversation with Shivani Agarwala, a proud mother to a five-year-old, a practicing chartered accountant, and an international kettlebell athlete. Hi Shivani, thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me over.
0: How are you doing today?
1: Well, uh, very excited. It's my first podcast recording. And it's a topic which is uh, very close to my heart. So I'm looking forward to having this rolling.
0: So Shivani, let's directly get into the podcast and the topic of discussion for today. So how did you start your journey into fitness?
1: Well, I'll be brutally honest. It all started with the idea of losing my postpartum weight. I had just got the membership of the Bengal Rowing Club where I joined the gym and I found it awfully boring and shifted loyalties to kettlebell training once in a week. And uh, that's how I started my journey into fitness. And honestly, since then, there's been no looking back. And uh, yes, I have very vivid memories of you as my gynecologist, having handheld me through the journey of fitness, right from walking, swimming, you were the only one who said that I could do it all right from the word go till my baby came out. And well, that was a culture shock of sorts because I belong to a school of thought where you were given to understand that probably working out during pregnancy can be extremely fatal.
0: Right. So you, you practically started um, after you delivered. So were you into fitness before pregnancy?
1: Well, not really. The idea of fitness was very different. And uh, the idea of fitness was probably just walking a kilometer or two. And uh, yeah, that was all fitness was about. But then the turning point actually transpired when I delivered my son and I had about uh, 12 kgs of postpartum weight. And uh, that is when I was really looking at shedding that extra weight. My husband did push me that I should hit the gym. And I was very lucky to chance upon my mentor, my coach. And uh, he introduced me to the uh, world of kettlebell sports. And honestly, I've been very consistent, very persistent. And as someone rightly said, if you're persistent, You will get it. If you are consistent, you shall keep it. And uh, I can't deny the overwhelming support I got from you as my gynecologist because I do have friends, I have peers uh, who honestly are pregnant and through the journey of pregnancy, the one thing that they uh, shun away from is fitness. Um, I have very vivid recollection that my mom actually thought of shifting me out of my house because I would have had to climb that one floor when I was pregnant. So um, we often more than often think that uh, exercising can be fatal during pregnancy. For me, it was a turning point. And uh, let me in fact, ask you a question here. Uh, So what do you think is the importance of fitness uh, for a woman who is wanting to conceive, for a woman who has conceived and also for a woman uh, post delivery? Because this is one question a lot of people are looking forward to have answers from.
0: Right, I think uh, that's a long answer because it has three parts. Let's talk about before conception then. So um, BMI as we know the body mass index which is uh, weight in kilograms divided by height in centimeters square is a measure of what that ideal weight should be for a particular person of that particular height. Now um, the WHO says that an ideal BMI should be between 18.5 and 24.9. While being Uh, having a BMI over this uh, BMI that is above 25, 24.9 is also bad. One must also understand that being too thin is also a problem. So there are some people who make weight loss their mission in life and they kind of practically starve themselves and probably um, the media and the world doesn't help because we look at thin women as more attractive women as compared to people who are, if I may use the word plumpier. So for all the women out there who are trying to conceive, one needs to maintain a healthy BMI, eat healthy and again I think uh, you would be a better person to talk about that since I'm not a fitness expert. Quantity is maybe important but more than that the quality of eating becomes more important. Starving yourself doesn't help and sometimes starving yourself actually makes you put on more weight than make you lose weight. So to answer simply someone who's extremely thin someone who has a BMI of more than 25 are both going to have difficulty conceiving and that is where we talk about preconception counseling to try and get them to a standard weight before they actually try and conceive as far as fitness during pregnancy is concerned that was one of my questions to you in fact but i think we'll come to that a little later because it would be a very long answer than otherwise as far as fitness post pregnancy i think again we will tackle it once we've tackled uh, fitness during pregnancy. What's it?
1: Yes, sounds good.
0: Perfect. What does fitness then mean to you? Because you say you've come a long way from not knowing anything about fitness earlier than being pregnant and then delivering and becoming the super kettlebell champion. What does fitness mean to you?
1: Uh, well, honestly, I'd say fitness is like a relationship. You can't cheat and expect it to work. Secondly, Fitness has never been about losing weight. Uh, Fitness, I would say, is a way of life. You cannot have it as a choice that one fine day you think that you need to get fit and the other day you are like, no, it's okay not to be fit. So I think fitness is a way of life and it's 100% mental because your body cannot take you to a space where your mind does not push you.
0: We have now these various watches and apps and everything else talking about you know, how you should be maintaining 10,000 steps and everywhere, everyone out there on the social media telling you how to lose weight and, you know, what to do. So, and I have a lot of patients coming in also and saying that, you know what, doc, but I'm, you know, walking my 7,000 or 8,000 or 10,000 steps. What does that mean to you? Does me walking 10,000 steps means that I'm fit or is there something more to it?
1: Uh, Well, honestly, uh, at the outset, let me begin with a disclaimer. I'm no fitness expert. Whatever I speak is uh, purely based on my experience. Now, yes, I do maintain a log of 10,000 steps daily. And uh, I believe that every step counts. So every step takes you to a place away from where you used to be, honestly. So on an average, if I'm looking at 10,000 steps daily, we are looking at about... um, See, 3000 extra calories burn out over a period of one week, which definitely does count. Uh, And honestly, it has to be very goal oriented. You cannot just be, as you very correctly said, um, it's not about eating how much you eat. It's also about what you eat. So how much ever you walk, you cannot outrun the donuts. So yes, I'm someone who's a believer of 10,000 steps a day for sure.
0: I like that term. You can't outrun the donuts.
1: Yeah, you can't.
0: So, you say you never worked out in pregnancy. Um, You were, what, a couch potato uh, lying down all the time because it's very hard to believe someone like you really not doing anything in pregnancy and suddenly becoming this fitness diva later on.
1: Well, no. I honestly feel that um, I had my share of advice from a lot of people who said that you should not be gaining a lot of weight and at the same time you should not be concerned about those extra few kilos and uh, you must be recollecting the time we spoke about the weight that I put on during pregnancy and uh, you're very clear that uh, one should just be comfortable and not put on too much weight Having said that, well, honestly, I wasn't into fitness, but yes, I was doing a couple of kilometers of walking every day. And that was my idea of fitness, pregnant or no pregnant, but I would strongly recommend against that because fitness during pregnancy, after pregnancy, before conception, it has to be a very structured thought process. You just cannot randomly think that today I'm going to walk five kilometers. The next day I'm going to swim because here we are not looking at active weight loss, we are talking about fitness, which has to be like a structured thought process.
0: Point well taken, and uh, I think that's a message which should go out to all the women because in India, for some reason, pregnancy is to be taken as you know, sort of a disease, it's not a way of life, it's not something which is just another milestone, and for no reason um, that you shouldn't exercise in pregnancy. Um, in fact, I think. People get very disturbed when I tell them that they can't put on more than 10 to 12 kilos in pregnancy for a normal woman who has a normal BMI. In fact, for women who have a very high BMI, they're starting off a pregnancy, maybe at 85, 90 kilos. I tell them that you can't even put on one single gram during the entire nine months. And they're very upset and mother-in-laws and mothers even more so, because here is their doctor telling them that you shouldn't be putting on weight. while they've got all their Ghee kaladus, uh, you know, prepared at home. So. They need to understand that there is a stored fat in the body and the baby will always utilize that stored fat for its energy and metabolism. I'm not, and yes, of course, if someone is malnourished, starved, not eating well at home, then yes, the baby can have, can have undernutrition or can have less growth. But we're not really talking about that population in our clinics, uh, the population that we usually see and deal with uh, on a day to day basis. So yes, on a healthy way, about 10 to 12 kilos in pregnancy is, is what one should gain weight. And if you're exercising regularly in pregnancy, I think it has two major advantages. One, it takes away all the pregnancy blues and you know the hormonal imbalances and it keeps your mind active. I think exercise is one of the best antidepressants that you can have. Plus pregnant women, as they gain more weight, which they will during pregnancy, Aches and pains start because there's more pressure on your knees, more pressure on your hips. And if you've led a sedentary life, being active becomes more difficult. And then you come back into clinic saying, well, you know, I have a problem getting out of bed and walking and, you know, my my joints hurt. And that becomes, that makes you more inactive, making a vicious cycle. So it takes you through pregnancy like a breeze. I've had patients, in fact, I had a patient who delivered a few weeks back, I think. And uh, at 38 weeks, she posted a video of, her dancing and it was fantastic and she went through it like a breeze and it was sad that you know when i met her again for my for her postnatal checkup she said everyone around her told her that you know why are you being active why are you dancing your doctor must be mad you must be mad that you're being so active you shouldn't you learn into complications wherein on the other hand she said my pregnancy was a breeze because I did everything that I would do as a normal woman. I think it's a a brilliant thing for people to be active and exercise during pregnancy.
1: Yeah, and I'd just like to add one experience here. Uh, You know, till about five months of pregnancy, my family was extremely doubtful whether I'm pregnant or not. Because I had not put on those extra few kilos back then, neither did I have a big bulging tummy. So I think where you're coming from makes a lot of sense. So, and yeah, being I, I always believe that if you want to be a good mother, you just need to take a lot of care of yourself and uh, exercising is that one tool which helps you immensely in the journey of being happy because it's as mental as much as it's physical. Very true. I really wanted to know something because I have my friends, I have my colleagues who often ask me that fine, if you really need to exercise or work out during pregnancy, point well taken. But again, you have cases wherein people do overdo it and they land themselves in a big soup. So uh, if you could talk a little about the guidelines that one should keep in mind while exercising during the term of pregnancy.
0: So there'll be two class of people, one who have always been exercising, two who've never been exercising. So let's start with those who've never been exercising. There are very clear cut guidelines saying there should be at least 150 hours of activity during the entire week, divided, of course, uh, each day and during the course of the week. People who've never exercised should not get into an activity which is very unfamiliar to them and something which is very rigorous because their body is not used to it. So they should probably start very slow, maybe just walking and then move into other better things. For me, I think swimming swimming is one of the best exercises that a pregnant woman can do. It's very safe. You, there is hardly any chance of you injuring yourself or falling down as long as you're taking care. And I tell pregnant women all the time, wear very good slippers and make sure you're walking on, on the mat while you walk from the changing room to the swimming pool because you might just slip on um, the water around. And of course, when you're swimming, make sure you're not around when a lot of children are there in the pool because you might just get kicked by an um, you know overzealous uh, child. That besides, swimming is one of the best. I had a patient once who would swim kilometers every single day and she never had a problem and in fact her pregnancy was a breeze. So that's for women who've never exercised before. For women who have been exercising before, uh, most guidelines across the world say that you can continue doing whatever you were doing before pregnancy, including weight training. But yes, there is certain amount of toning down which is required. I was just having a conversation with someone just yesterday about that lady doing burpees and jumping jacks and stuff like that uh, before she got pregnant. And mind you, when you do discover that you're pregnant, you're almost about 4-5 to weeks into your pregnancy. So you've been doing all those things even before. Not that it's bad, but overzealous or very high intensity training during pregnancy might take the blood away from the uterus, from the womb and from your baby as well. So guidelines across the world say 30 to 40% reduction in high intensity training would make sense. And of course, doing hardcore aerobics and things like, as I said, jumping jacks to name a few would not be a very good idea, but otherwise continue training right through in pregnancy even if it is weight training. Lastly, if you are thinking of doing weight training after 12 weeks of pregnancy, don't lie down and do weights because you're going to uh, have a lot of pressure on your spinal cord which presses certain important blood vessels which reduces the amount of blood flow to your heart and as well as to the baby thereafter. So those are a few of the basic things which one needs to understand. Tone it down, continue right through pregnancy and don't do weights on your back.
1: Okay, great. I just wanted to share one story with you, this happens to be about a pregnant patient of yours and she happens to be a very close friend. So she happens to have this physical disability, which uh, really uh, barred her from doing the normal walking or running around and she was slightly on the obese side when she did conceive. And uh, she was very worried about what she does with her pregnancy weight, which she would have put on over the period of nine months. And when I met her post pregnancy, and I saw that her weight was as much as it was prior to being uh, pregnant. She said that one thing that uh, Dr. Rajiv helped me with was my journey into fitness. And he said that, big deal if you can't run, big deal if you can't uh, walk, but just keep swimming. And she said, till the day she reached that OT Neotia, she kept swimming. So I believe that point is very well taken and uh, it would come to the rescue of a lot of mothers.
0: That requires a lot of um, mental alertness and willpower. On, on the part of that woman as well. That's an advice I give to everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: But not everyone takes it. So, Shivani, coming back to our discussion, how did you get into kettlebell? And of all the sports around, why would someone suddenly go and choose kettlebell? Especially because we don't hear of that sport in Kolkata at all.
1: Well, uh, not just Calcutta, I would say the whole of India and when I was felicitated at a lot of forums after my first victory as a world champion, I had people actually uh, calling it kettle ball. So <laughs> yes, I do agree with you when you say that it's a sport which not many have heard of. But uh, yes, I think uh, thanks to you I got into it because uh, I got pregnant and I had about 12 kgs of postpartum weight and I said in the initial part of our uh, conversation. It all started with the idea of losing weight and um, I've never been a gym person and I chanced upon my mentor, my coach. He introduced me to the sport. I started taking it as uh, just an extracurricular activity and um, I had the fortune of representing India through this sport, got me a lot of glory and uh, I decided to be consistent, decided to be persistent and what really helped me was mentorship from my coach. So yeah, rest is history.
0: Tell me something about your first kettlebell international competition. Your son, uh, you told me before we started was just about three years. So how was the experience? Uh,
1: Well, he was even lesser than three years. Now, I come from a family who's never been into fitness or sports. Uh, In I think about 18 years of my school or college life, I've never even participated in March past or any sporting event. Honestly, I used to be like this very studious backbencher was never even thought of when it comes to a sports activity. And uh, then I chanced upon this really beautiful spot, which is kettlebell. So I started it off as a fitness journey and then I took it up as a sport. And uh, so I started lifting uh, only in the fag end of 2016, which was precisely about a year and a half post my delivery. And uh, I had to stop training because I was um, getting back to my practice as a Chartered Accountant handling a small, uh, I believe two year old then in a super nuclear setup. I just thought that no, this is not something I can do. And then one fine morning, I received a call from my coach who said I'm willing to come down and train you. And then I thought to myself that hey, if uh, I can't pour from an empty vessel, so let me also do things that make me happy. And that's when I started my training in May. And my coaches told me that, uh, listen, there's this one international competition happening in Malaysia. My parents got a shock of their lives because I come from a fairly conservative background. Traveling alone was a big no. And then traveling for a sporting event was even a bigger no. And I went and um, I got the award for the best lifter, which was the first by any Indian woman. And uh, since then, it's been history. There's been no looking back.
0: Wow. You've certainly done India Proud and mm-hmm. all of us who know you, are definitely even more proud.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So you are, as you said, a practicing chartered Accountant and of course you have a fantastic name for yourself as a GST consultant. You're a full-time mom and you said in a very nuclear family, fitness enthusiast and a kettlebell champion. How do you juggle all these roles?
1: Well, honestly, you know, Rajiv, it's just been about prioritizing. If you have it on your priorities, you will end up doing it. And as I always maintain, it's never about having time. It's about making time. So if you have it on your priority, it will. And you know, honestly, I chanced upon this very beautiful story. Maybe I'll just take two minutes. Uh, like a car moves on four wheels. You know, every human life has four wheels. And if anyone is disbalanced, you surely cannot be happy. Uh, So one is your personal life, one is your professional life, one is your family life and one is your social life. And uh, more than often, you know, at the cost of maybe sounding offensive to a lot of women out there, we more than often mistake our family life for our personal life. So if I cook a good meal for my husband or if I take real good care of my son, I just feel that, yes, this is what makes me happy and surely it does. But probably for me, it's a little different. Personal life is something that time I give just to myself. So um, that time is between me and my fitness. The only time probably my phone goes on an aeroplane mode. That's how I began. I realized that I really need this to be happy. So while my social family and my professional life are taken care of, my fitness is very personal to me and that's how my journey began. And I'm very happy that I took this conscious call.
0: I'm happy that you brought out these four um, demarcations, but
1: yeah, these are it, called the wheels of life. And believe me, I mean, ever since I've been uh, sticking to this, it's made life very happy for me.
0: It's it's easier said than done. Even as a professional, I mean, with my role, personal, family, work, and social, and everything else, it's very very difficult to make these demarcations. You try. Sometimes you try for some time, and then all those lines get a little blurry, and then. Um, you kind of slip into one role or the other and then you suddenly wake up or someone kind of pokes you once again and then you again make these lines a little more uh, prominent. So what are your tips for working mothers regarding fitness?
1: Well I believe all moms are working just that some get paid. Well said. So um, well yes it is challenging it's uh, multitasking does take a toll at some point in time and that's when also people take to spirituality and meditation which have begun. Uh, Coming back to the tips part, well, it doesn't take much to be fit. Uh, A small working space, I would say uh, it's a way of life. You have to really mentally make sure that you're giving those few minutes to yourself. Get into your athletic wear, make sure no one comes in between you and your workout. And uh, just remember every workout counts. And uh, yeah, with that thought in mind, maybe you begin small and uh, then you gradually go on to that journey into fitness, Uh, you will realize that uh, it becomes a way of life.
0: I think that the moment one makes that demarcation, as you said, between personal life and family life, the time will come because most of us or most of the women think so much about their children, about their husbands and about the other people in the family that they stop taking personal time out and if they start demarcating that they will realize that there is a half an hour or a 45 minutes which they have in hand away from everyone else which they can devote um, to their fitness.
1: Yeah and uh, coming back to this children part because we're essentially talking about motherhood being a professional fitness I would say that um, you know a child will never follow your advice a child will only follow your example so every morning when my son opens his eyes he sees me working out and I think that uh, you know it's helping me because I'm also working on myself and that way just by the way I'll end up working for my son so I believe that and obviously coming to this uh, making uh, time business I feel it's really overrated if you've got time to put up stuff on Instagram if you've got time to put up stuff on Definitely you can take out the time to work out.
0: But it's not easy to motivate yourself towards fitness and you know, the rigorous regime that your sport requires. It's not that, you know, you're really sitting at home, you have everything else going and at the same time to be so fitness oriented and just not fitness oriented for your personal development, but fitness oriented towards an international sport and make your make a name for yourself in the international arena. That kind of fitness requires a lot of um, mindset. How do you do that? Uh, you know, I would think that uh, people in the cricket team and uh, everywhere else, they probably have these motivators and coaches going with them. Uh, do you have you know a team which works behind you like that or how does it work? Uh,
1: well, I'll start off on a different note. When we talk about this dedication bit that you just brought up, I, I always start my day with the thought that either you run the day or the day runs you. And I honestly, I'm a strong believer in the former. So uh, there are days when I don't want to work out. There are days when I feel that no, I just want to feel good and just do things which are not workout oriented. But then I realize that discipline is to do something honestly, dedicatedly when you don't want to do it at all. In my journey of being dedicated, motivated and being on the right track, I cannot undermine the contribution of a my mentor. They say that a good coach changes your game, but a great coach changes your life. And honestly, that happened with me because he saw that spark in me. I don't know why and when it happened, I was just uh, I just believe him. And I've always been a strong believer. You know, there is this one quote I always uh, refer to, which says that there is nothing as inefficient as doing something efficiently that which should not be done at all. So I don't do the planning bit. My coach does it for me. Um, he does make my training programs and this brings me back to the point I made uh, in the first half of our conversation that is structure to your fitness plan is extremely important so that yes I get through my uh, mentor my coach and uh, family support coming from a family where my parents were out of their wits when they heard I had to travel abroad for a competition to having a husband who keeps pushing me to do better than what I am has really helped me and uh, I always feel it's 100% mental. You know, you really have to have that go getter attitude. It's a different high when you're representing the country and you're getting into a sport. But to all these women and men for that matter who are hearing us, I would just say it's not important to take up fitness as a sport, but at least begin somewhere. And I think this thought really helped me in my
0: journey. Till now, we've been talking mainly about, you know, pushing yourself, lifting weights, running and kettlebell and everything else. So it's about power and muscle uh, and getting up in the morning and putting on your um, uh, workout clothes. What about diet? Do you do you follow a strict regime for that as well? Do you count your calories the entire day and, you know, kind of uh, look at that piece of pastry and say, I think I'll postpone it for next year?
1: Okay, well, I said you cannot outrun a donut, you know. If on an average you go for a two and a half uh, hour run, you're essentially burning, an average person would burn 1500 calories. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take much, probably just a minute of the wrong food to bring those 1500 calories back. So uh, we've heard this time and again that it's 80% diet. I'm a strong believer in that. And uh, as you correctly said, you um, When we talk about food, it's not about eating less. It's about eating right. Clean eating has to be a way of life. I for one, I go on these just as a tip. If someone wants to kind of uh, get some tips, this 21 day challenge thing really works. So it takes 21 days for my mind to get accustomed to a certain habit. So there are times when I go off sugar, refined sugar for say 21 days. And having done these in spurts, And time and again, I've been off sugar, like, I think for a year now. And coming from a marwari background and extremely sweet tooth, honestly, initially it was uh, very difficult, but now, I mean, I don't find it challenging one bit.
0: So I guess one needs discipline in their workplace, one needs discipline in their lives generally, and one, of course, needs discipline in their fitness regime as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's now come to the postnatal bit. You've had a caesarean section done, if I may be allowed to uh, say that. What is your take on tummy not going in after a caesarean or you know, recovery taking much longer or you can't exercise or you know, you can't lift weights. The chances of hernia are very high. How many of these difficulties did you actually face or how many of these worries actually clogged your mind?
1: Okay, so this is almost like a deja vu moment for me. We were sitting at this chamber and probably at the other chamber of yours. And I told you that, uh, you know, Doc, I need this normal delivery because I can't afford a tummy hanging. And you told me one time that, uh, you know, you will make heaven and earth meet to give me a normal delivery. And kudos to you, you tried every, uh, you know, you gave in that last bit of effort to help me through a normal. But fortunately, I did not have to go through a normal delivery. Coming back to your question, well, I'm the fittest I've ever been, I'm 37, I conceived at 34 and believe me, I've never had a flatter tummy. So that speaks it all, for me at least, Uh, I'm not really a technical expert to speak on this. But what I speak out of my experience, uh, a C-section was a big boon to me and never did I feel any hindrance in terms of losing weight around my stomach. Or to get back to a normal workout, or the um, or anything else uh, for that matter, with a C-section delivery.
0: Right. So I I don't think we are getting into that whole debate of a normal versus C-section here. Uh, that's for another day, another time, another group. But the point I guess we are trying to drive home here is the myth that if for whatever reason you've undergone a cesarean section, that's not the end of life and day for you. And that does not take away the fact that you still need to be fit and you can be fit if you want to. And whatever is your goal of fitness, whether it's getting out of the you know bed and being able to walk after 48 hours of your delivery, or whether it's being able to climb stairs, sit on the floor, do yoga, do you know pilate, do weight training or any other sport, it is possible. And cesarean probably is just another means and ways of delivery because you couldn't deliver in a certain way. Um, now coming to, uh, towards the end and a very controversial topic. So obviously you're a role model to a lot of women and uh, a lot of women and men included would be looking up to you. Uh, you probably are in the right position for me to ask you this. What does feminism mean to you? And being, being a professional, did you find a challenge, you know, being a chartered accountant and a GST consultant and GST. what I understand, my of course knowledge of commerce does not go beyond the sea of commerce. But even normal say, chartered accountants asking you for GST advice, because you became a sort of a super specialist in that area. How difficult was it delving into that um, bastion of men and in a sport, again, I don't know if it is women dominated or men dominated or How difficult was it uh, for you?
1: I'll start with the latter half of the question first. Um, Just a few lines on my experience as a professional Chartered Accountant and as a sports person. Uh, In fact, being a female, being a woman has always helped me through the journey. I qualified Chartered Accountancy in 2005, started my practice. And I have very uh, vivid recollection of uh, my courtroom days where I used to be the only woman around in a room full of men. That was overwhelming at times, but never did I feel a struggle to be as good or better than my male counterparts. There was a very thorough support I received throughout. Now, coming to the sports life I have led until now, again being the only woman To have uh, received a gold medal for India way back in 2017 added to my advantage because there were not many women who are into this sport and still there aren't very many women. And Telegraph had done an article and once I spoke to the editors, uh, you know, just thanking her for the beautiful article. She told me that the difference was that many women could have done it, but you were the only one who did it. So honestly, being a woman has helped me through the journey. Uh, You do face your set of challenges, but I feel that applies equally for the male counterparts as well. So if I may say so, feminism to me is very overrated. Women are the primary caregivers. We are nurturers by nature and uh, no one can take that away from us. While it's very okay to be independent financially and otherwise. But uh, I feel that little bit of touch of feminism is the warmth, uh, that love, that nurturing uh, feeling and being the primary caregiver.
0: Right. I couldn't agree with you more. At the cost of being trolled, I do think that feminism, the way it is being sold uh, by many is overrated. And um, yes, of course, there, if there is gender inequality that needs to be brought in, But I think for some people, it goes way beyond those uh, things. And I don't know really if this is a fight between men and women, which is how it is sold out to be, because in many spheres, you see, it is the women who troll the women more when they're trying to, you know, become someone bigger. And I'm sure you faced it as well when you were trying to become more successful or into sports and, you know, wanting to go out there and become a professional that there would be a woman who would come up and tell you that, you know, probably neglecting your child or your husband or, or you're doing the wrong thing by breaking that gender barrier. So in fact, there's a beautiful poem um, by Anke Tupadhyay, which goes as Pitr Sapta. I don't think I would want to uh, recite the, the poem here. Of course, I have... But a... just
1: a few lines, please.
0: It starts with, Cham ko mere ghar ke bahar उस टीम की छत के नीचे उन मर्दानी हाथों के बीच एक खन्नती चूड़ियों वाले हाथ में जब मैं धुआं देखता हूँ तो मुझे तो ठीक ही लगता है लेकिन लेकिन जितने कोलीग दोस्तों को मैंने आँखी चोरी करते हुए देखा है उतनी ही कोलीग सहेलियों को भी मैंने नजरें फेरते देखा है and it goes on to a whole lot of describing how you know women are discriminated by by women itself and it ends as जरा सोचिए जब पक्ष में भी हम दोनों हैं और विपक्ष में भी हम दोनों जब धर्म में भी हम दोनों हैं और अधर्म में भी हम दोनों फिर ऐसा युद्ध तो बिना परिणाम के बस चलता रहेगा जिसे कई युद्धयोगों ने फव पर एक ही मात्रा मिनस्थ नामक शब्द का दुरुपयोग कर मुनाफे वाली सामग्री बना दिया है प पर, सच तो यह कि बदलाव लाने के लिए युद्ध तो लड़ना ही पड़ेगा पर फैसला हमें ये करना है कि वो औरत या मर्द का हो या so i think this, this poem goes you know very beautifully and ends but in the yeah, line this
1: makes a lot of sense and it's so well worded and um, i have in fact had many such experiences I would not get into the gory details of this, but yes, it's um, honestly, I, I mean, to me, feminism is very beautiful. It's just your internal journey rather than, you know, having to understand how the world perceives you.
0: Last question to you. I'm sure everyone who's been listening to this podcast would quite understand that you have a way with words. You have a very strong grip on the language as well. And I know that you're an avid reader. In amongst all this, you find the time to read as well. And in fact, remember what you read to be able to quote somewhere, which I just cannot. I don't read. I don't quote. What values or qualities would you like to see most in your child?
1: Well, he's all of five. And honestly, there is so much I uh, want to see in him. But uh, for us as parents, both for me and my husband, it's like an 18 year project. When I talk about qualities, uh, really, I mean, I always tell him one thing. Don't look up to anyone. Don't look down upon anyone. And as long as you give the child a conducive, loving environment in the house, rest, everything will fall in place. So honestly, I'm not out there teaching him stuff. Yeah, but as they say, you know, children pick up values. So when he sees me sitting in my puja room every morning or giving those 20 minutes to meditation or about half an hour to work and then those seven hours to uh, my chartered accountancy, he he's growing up seeing this as a way of life and we hope that he picks up the best or even better.
0: So preaching them really won't help. No, nah, they never you follow your lead, advice. You have to lead by example and Always. what they see is what they will grow up to be.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thank you Shivani for that wonderful discussion and I have gained so much and I'm sure our listeners uh, to this podcast will gain so much from you as well. Kudos to you for where you have come and uh, blessings, love and all our aspirations are there with you to achieve far more and much better in your, your personal life, your professional life and of course to do India and all of us proud in kettlebell in the years to come.
1: Thank you for having me over. I've had many firsts in my life. This was my first ever live podcast recording. Uh, Thank you so much. This date shall be etched with me forever. It's the 5th of September. So on that note, a very happy Teacher's Day. You've been a Samaritan, a guide, a friend throughout my journey of pregnancy and post that. So thank you so much for having me over and I'm looking forward to many more sessions like these.
0: Thank you Shivani. Those are more um, accolades than I can boast of but thank you nonetheless and that my friends is the end of yet another podcast if you get a chance do look up my website www.drrajeefagarwal.co.in and the associated blog i also have a youtube channel in my name do email me on fertilitywithoutborders at gmail.com if you have any queries this podcast is available on apple and google podcast as well as spotify Do subscribe and leave your comments as always and any suggestions for future topics on the Apple Podcast app. That's the only way we can make this better. Thank you for all the love that you've showered upon me in the last couple of months that I've been doing this podcast. Looking forward to great interactions. Keep listening.